0: Hello, and welcome back to Grateful Gwenna. We're so glad you joined us today. I hope you're safe. And if you're in the United States of America and you're not safe, please call the National Center for Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-SAFE. If you're in another country, I'm so sorry to say that I don't know what your resources are, um, but uh, hopefully you can get to a safe place and maybe the library or something and look those resources up. I'm very grateful to report that I noticed as of this morning, um, we have two new countries joining, listening to these podcasts um, in uh, South Africa. And I believe the other one was Kenya. And while I'm sad that there seems to be a need for domestic violence um, testimonies, resources, and stories in more countries. Um, I'm grateful that it's going out. This podcast is going out and reaching, um, where it needs to go. And I praise God for that. And I thank God. I thank you, Jesus, for that. Um, so, uh, I'm sorry that I, I don't have the resources for those countries. Um, But hopefully you can get to a safe place and look those up for yourselves. And maybe in the future, I don't know for sure, I'm not making any promises, Um, but maybe I can eventually um, try to share some of those with you all. So um, today I'm actually um, led and inspired to record a podcast episode a little different than my normal episodes Um, And I don't know quite exactly how to go about it or what angle to come from, but what inspired me was um, on one of my Christian Facebook support groups, um, there was a lady who, and I'm assuming she's a young lady, who anonymously, confidentially shared, and I can say it because I'm not saying who she is or what group it was on. Um, but she shared that, um, she has found herself unexpectedly pregnant, excuse me. And it reminded me of part of my story and part of my test reminded me of my testimony. Um, and so, which reminded me that part of the reason I ended up with, um, my abusive, abusive ex-husband was part of this testimony, so I'm gonna share with you, how did I end up with him? You know, people say all the time, why did you choose that person or, or whatnot? Like, why did you choose an abuser? Um, first of all, uh, my ex-husband didn't show signs of abuse until the day after we married. <laughs> um, the, the day after we married was the first sign of abuse. So um, I don't know about in the cases of other domestic violence victims, but for me, there wasn't any sign of um, physical or emotional abuse really until the day after we got married. So it it just, that marriage license seemed to change him. Um, But part of my testimony is I have what I call an abortion testimony or almost an abortion testimony, And when people hear that, they automatically think I had an abortion. I did not. However, I went through the whole process, the whole ordeal of considering an abortion. And I'm so grateful to God that he saved me and prevented me from doing that because I have two wonderful grown adult children now, thankfully, because of that decision. Um, But a big part of how I ended up married um, to my ex-husband was um, this story. So um, I basically, I, I'm gonna kind of go through it very, very briefly. But I met him, um, and I've shared my story of our first date and in the red flags before. But I met him at a Hispanic church I was visiting that I had been invited to by the gentleman I was replacing in my new job, and. That's where I met my ex ex husband and he asked me for my phone number and asked me out, et cetera, et cetera. That's how that all started. long story short, we dated almost two years, and um I liked him, but I wasn't in love with him like I wasn't i don't know he he seemed like a really nice guy, and we got along pretty well, and it just seemed like a decent relationship, but I wasn't like head over heels in love with him or anything like that. But I liked him. And um, we worked opposite shifts. I worked first shift, like during the daytime. And he worked second shift. And so I was used to getting up early. He was used to staying up late. And we didn't really see each other much during the week. And we'd been dating for nearly two years. And... Um, we were we lived in different towns at the time, and um, we worked in different towns. And where he lived was one town south of where I lived, and where he worked was one town north of where I lived. So every day when he would travel to and from work, he would literally go through my town to get to his job. Um, so one day I decided to surprise him and meet him at the end of his shift at work. Unfortunately, I didn't realize he was working overtime that night. And um, I was trying to surprise him, so I hadn't contacted him. And I was used to getting up early for my job, so I was very, very tired by the time he finally came out from work. And he was very surprised, but by the time he finally came out, because he was working um, unexpected overtime that night, which... You know, they had asked him, hey, can you work overtime tonight? And I didn't realize it because, you know, he didn't, he wasn't able to or didn't have time to let me know because, I mean, normally he wouldn't, like, see me that night because he would just drive home. Um, But by the time he finally came, I was waiting in the parking lot and a lot longer than would have normally been waiting there because he worked a lot later than he normally would have. By the time he finally came out, I was too tired to drive all the way back home to my town. So I informed him that I was going to get myself a hotel room for the night in that town. And I was so tired, I wasn't totally thinking clearly. So thank God I didn't try to drive at the time. But I was so tired. And when I informed him that I was going to get myself a hotel room for the night, he said, oh, okay, I'll, I'll do that too. And I didn't think a thing of it. I'm like, okay, that's a little weird, but whatever, you know. So he says he's going to get a hotel room too. So I just assumed I wasn't the best at communicating back then. I just assumed he was going to get his own hotel room. Nope, he didn't. He invited himself to stay in my hotel room that I paid for. Didn't offer to pay me for it or anything. Just invited himself. (laughs) that's another red flag that I didn't see at the time, but I was so tired that it didn't even register to me. And I was like, okay, whatever, you know, and one thing led to another and we became intimate and it was the first time and the only time. Fast forward two months later, I'm not thinking anything's wrong with me because, you know, I've had my regular menstrual cycle for the past couple of months. Forgot all about that night, really. Like, I remembered it, but didn't even think a whole lot of it, except, ooh, I probably shouldn't have done that kind of thing, you know? And I was a little backslidden at the time, obviously, Fast forward a couple months later and I'm at work at my full-time job and all of a sudden I almost pass out and I feel faint and lightheaded and my I report this feeling to my boss because I've never felt like this before. I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm sure you can guess what's going on, but I was completely clueless because my body was completely normal. So I didn't think, it, it just didn't even occur to me and um, my boss Gets. I worked for an insurance company. He go. He goes and gets uh, an an underwriter, and the underwriter comes down and says, "I think you should have her go to the doctor." Well, (laughs) unbeknownst to me, they both suspected that I was pregnant, and they were right. I was pregnant. I had no clue I was pregnant before that because, like I said, I had my period, my menstrual cycle, the two months since that night at the hotel. And, um, you know, normally you don't have your menstrual cycle if you're pregnant. So I didn't think it was a possibility. I discovered later on that my own mother, she hadn't told me this, but she told me later that she had her menstrual cycle the whole nine months while she was pregnant with me. I didn't even know that was a thing or was even possible, but apparently it was. And of course... My third month pregnant came around and my my menstrual cycle disappeared. So then I knew. Um, and I went to the doctor and got a test and it was positive. And I remember just a flood of emotions going through me. And my ex-husband, who at the time was like my, I guess you'd call him my boyfriend, the man I had been dating, right? He uh he sat there waiting for the test results with me in the bathroom. And when he saw the positive results on the first test, he started to look at me and he looked so happy, excited, and absolutely thrilled. And my mind was going through a flood of emotions. And I looked at him like I didn't know what to think. And his Excitement and joy immediately disappeared from his face when he saw my face. And he said, I don't want it. (laughs) Because he was so excited and so thrilled, but then he saw my face. And I'm pretty sure he misinterpreted my face. I was terrified and overwhelmed and just had a plethora of emotions going through me the first thing and thoughts the first thing that was going through my mind was oh no i swore that i would never do what my mother did and get married because just because i'm pregnant i swore i would never get pregnant before i got married and look what happened now i'm pregnant what am i going to do and i had kind of self-taught myself that you know i needed to be i was very career focused miss independent career woman or so I thought I was. And um in an effort really to not be like my mother in that I didn't want to have to suffer like she did, especially financially. I wanted to be better off than she was, especially financially. And my father had kind of um kind of drilled that into my head too, that, you know, you wanna be better, you wanna be well off or whatever and i had also seen my mother complain a lot about you know claiming that my over the years that my father had been late on child support and all this stuff and she was constantly struggling financially it didn't really help that she didn't budget well but um in fact i was at 7 years old telling her mom stop buying jewelry at kmart and pay the bills you can't afford that we need food you know, pay the bills and get us groceries. Stop buying fun stuff for yourself. You know, I, I was more the budgeter than she was even at seven years old. But, you know, I, I had always said, I don't want to um, be like that. I don't want to go. I don't want to be like my mom. I don't want to have to suffer the way she did financially. And so I was very focused on being career oriented and being pregnant. I thought, oh, no, what am I going to do? How am I going to have a baby and have a career? You know, nowadays, that's not such a big deal. But back then, it was a huge deal. (laughs) I sound like I'm so old, but um, I'm only 53 and it's 2022. So I also was terrified. I mean, I'm terrified of a pap smear, let alone having a baby. I can't even go and have a normal pap smear without a ton of anxiety. So how am I going to go have a baby, you know? And it was also going through my mind. I was pro-choice at the time and God really changed that eventually. But I was pro-choice at the time. As I said, I was pretty somewhat backslidden back then. And I had just slowly been starting to come out of the whole like college phase and being liberal, liberal, more liberal minded in a lot of ways. And Um, yeah. And so, you know, um, I thought about having an abortion and I was terrified of that too. And, um, you know, because if I had an abortion, then I could focus on my career. I wouldn't have to worry about, you know, um, all these monthly pap smears while you're pregnant. (laughs) which I had somehow discovered and found out about that was going to happen for a pregnant person. And I was more than anything terrified of childbirth itself. Like that was just absolutely terrifying to me. And back then we didn't really talk about anxiety, but my anxiety was absolutely through the roof. (laughs) And um, I didn't know what to do. And I knew deep down that I wasn't in love with this man. I did not know what to do. And I had sworn to myself that I would never get married just because I was pregnant. And it was a very emotional time for me and a very confusing time for me. And on top of all that, I had the added burden and guilt of seeing my ex-husband, my then boyfriend at the time, his face change from being so overjoyed and absolutely thrilled to seeing my face and suddenly his face getting dark and saying, I don't want it. Meaning I don't want the baby. And I felt so much pressure and guilt. And I felt the burden of that. And so I had, there was, there was just some of the emotions that I was going through. There was really a lot. And how was I going to afford a baby? You know, was I going to have to quit my job? How was I going to pay for a child and myself? There, There was just so much that I didn't know. It was just overwhelming. I didn't even really know like what thoughts to have at the time. And I was 24. I cannot imagine like a 14-year-old going through that. And uh, I actually saw a 14-year-old sitting in um, when I went to what was then called the Crisis Pregnancy Center. I believe it's called the Hope Center now. And they helped me a lot. They um, they tried to encourage me and give me hope. And, you know, they they did help me calm down a little bit. Um, they presented me with the facts as from God's word which i believe deep down um so i accepted that and they never tried to tell me what to do um they laid they left that decision up to me they didn't try to coerce me in any way shape or form um, they were just there for me to support me to pray with me to pray for me um i think if i recall correctly they offered me supplies if i need them like needed them like maybe diapers and bottles and things like that. They were very supportive and quite helpful, actually. And they did not try to force me into a decision, which kind of shocked me, actually, because, you know, in my pro-choice liberalism, I had always just assumed that places like that would would try to coerce you into making the decision they thought was right. So, um, anyway... It just was a very confusing time. So finally, my ex-husband, then boyfriend at the time, and I, we finally agreed. I convinced him to come meet me at lunch at work one day. And we were going to call um, the the place where they were they would do my abortion. Because I was thinking of having an abortion. And I'm actually very ashamed of this. But... Please understand, it was a very confusing time. I was very young and I was very naive. And, um, you know, I don't want you to judge me, but I mean, I can't help what you think. But it just, I was just really messed up uh, mentally speaking. So he met me at work on a lunch time and we called the abortion center. And I basically demanded that they tell me exactly how the procedure would be conducted how it would be run and done and they didn't want to tell me at first but I finally convinced them to and as they began to describe the procedure it became very clear and evident to me that I would have to be awake watching the whole thing and that was not something that I could handle and I immediately hung up and that was the end of that option And I'm sorry to say that is what made me decide not to have an abortion. I wish I could say that it was, you know, that I didn't want to kill my child or something like that. But I was pretty messed up in the head back then. So um, my then boyfriend kept asking me if I would marry him. He didn't like formally or officially propose he didn't have a wedding ring or an engagement ring or anything um, but he just kept discussing it with me would I be willing to marry him and it just kept reminding me of my mother getting married to my father because she was pregnant not because they were in love or anything to my knowledge and so I really didn't want to do that but he just kept bugging me and bugging me and bugging me about it. Another red flag, by the way. I mean, I understand and, and I think it's great that he wanted to do the honorable thing, the right thing, you know, and, and do right by his child. And that to me is respectable and honorable thing to do. Um, I just didn't want to end up like my, my mother because I saw her suffer so much. And... um I'm not saying she was a bad person or anything. It's just that I saw her suffer so much. And so I remember, I recall, it wasn't romantic at all. Um, My ex-husband, then boyfriend at the time, one day said, ask me again, will you marry me? And I said, if I say yes, will you shut up <laughs> about, about it? You know? It, because he kept bugging me and bugging me and bugging me about it. Like, he wouldn't let me think. And um, and he said yes. So I finally said, fine, then yes. <laughs> and I was so messed up in the head that we got married at the Justice of the Peace. And I did I forgot to even invite my own parents. Like, not that my parents were that close to me to begin with. But, I mean, who does that? <laughs> you know, I was really messed up emotionally. And by, by in the head, I, I mean emotionally and and my thoughts. And um, the gentleman that had invited me to the church ended up being our witness, which was very kind of him. He was a Christian. And um, there was a lot more that went on surrounding that. Um, but um that is basically how I ended up married to my abusive ex-husband. And, um, we bought a mobile home together on December 26th and moved in together. And on December 27th, we got married in th- at the courthouse, um, by the justice of the peace and our one witness. And, um, He promised me that we would have a wedding ceremony 10 years later and that we'd get real rings. We got these little cheap, you know, like this cheap $300 set, which was like $100 for each of the rings. And, you know, it was better than nothing, but he promised me we would eventually have a wedding and we never did. I mean, it just never happened because our our marriage was full of abuse and financial struggles and debt and paying off debt and things like that. But um, yeah, that That never happened. We did go on a honeymoon to Acapulco once. That's a whole nother story. Um, and we ended up being on a honeymoon with my mother-in-law and our baby. (laughs) That's a whole nother story. Um, but that is how I ended up married to my abusive ex-husband. Not a very romantic story, is it? (laughs) I was just so messed up. And, um, So yeah, and by the way, this is my abortion testimony too, and I want to say that child that I considered aborting, thank God I didn't. Um, He was born a healthy baby about nine months later, and he is now 28 years old and one of the biggest blessings I've ever had in my life, and about 21 months after he was born 21 months later after he was born his brother was born and it was absolutely amazing we had an incredible bond from the very beginning and it was we were just very close all of his growing up years and they were just so cute both of them and they both have their own unique personalities and they're just completely opposite personalities and they're both absolutely wonderful Um, people. And I'm so grateful to God that he saved me from aborting my child. And that is how I ended up married to my abusive ex-husband. So that's my story. Um, Like I said, not a very romantic one, but I'm so grateful to God and blessed that I have um, two wonderful sons, grown sons, um, that are in their mid twenties, mid to late twenties now. And just wonderful blessings of God. So thanks for listening. That was today's testimony. Was my abortion testimony. And how I ended up married to my ex-husband. So thanks for listening. Um, I don't know if you can relate to any of this. Feel free to leave comments. Um, I love you. Remember, Jesus loves you more. Until next time.